0: Hi guys, this is Alice Saltzman speaking to you from Enlightened and Annoyed. Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. Today's topic will be about spirituality. Why I speak about, why I practice spirituality is to be a little less cranky. I'm also going to offer you a yoga pose known as Sukhasana, which is basically easy, comfortable seat, which is used to practice uh, meditation or even preparing for your yoga um, your yoga session. But again, it's used basically for people sitting in it to prepare for meditation. And then the next thing I'm going to offer you is a recipe for granola. My granola is outstanding, crunchy, delicious. It could be eaten with milk, uh, almond milk, whatever kind of milk, whatever milk you want, but it can also be eaten alone, carried in a little baggie for you to take in the car as a snack. If you want to know more about me, Contact me at atawithalice.com. A-T-H-A with Alice.com. A-T-A means right here, right now. All right. So why spirituality? Well, when I was a kid, there I was brought up with two Jewish parents. There was no formal religion taught in my house at all. I had two Jewish parents. The only time we went to a temple was when somebody got married, bar mitzvah, or bat mitzvah. Other than that, there was, you know, a Jewish holiday, we ate. There was always a meal, a big meal. We either had company, friends, relatives, or we went to some other friends or relatives' house. When we went to other, some other friends or relatives, sometimes they would have a formal uh, setting and a formal, like, teaching about the holiday. I remember going to one friend's house of my parents, and they actually made us read at Passover why you you ate the herbs, and I had no clue. Again, my parents sent me to a, like a Jewish sleepaway camp where there was Friday night services when I was young. I don't remember a darn thing about it. Then they also, when I was really little, sent me to an after-school thing that was like a Jewish JCC type of thing. And the, I only remember during the Jewish holidays, was when they offered sweet food. Like uh, there was one where you got some Danish thing, uh, it was called a humatashen. and there was another Jewish holiday where you got candy. That Those were my favorite things. That's what I remember about the Jewish holidays. So that was my spirituality upbringing. I remember the holiest holiday of the year in the Jewish religion is called Yom Kippur. And my father worked as an administrator of an old age home and hospital, but it was a Jewish old age home and hospital. He had the day off. We went to the racetrack. This is how religious my parents were. So the holiest holiday of the year when you're not supposed to touch money, eat, gamble for sure, we went to the racetrack. So that is my formal upbringing on spirituality. Well, when I became a teenager, I was like, hey, you know, my mother was like, you believe in God. I'm like, uh, well, you never taught me to believe. I don't believe in much of anything. I believe in the ice cream man. You know, I mean, I had no no real idea. Well, going forward, I went to temple a couple times to children's services on these holy holidays just to see because I didn't want to go to the the grown up ones because I had no clue. And also, the children ones were free and I had no money to pay the temple to get in. So, if I went to children's service, I could sneak in for free as an adult and kind of get it because they told stories that were palatable to children and it wasn't like a four hour event. Great. So, I learned a little bit there. Then, going to yoga, what happened was in yoga, I had a couple of teachers who didn't just teach. Some stupid class of poses, pose after pose after pose without giving me any indication of why we do the pose, why the name of the pose, what the meaning was behind the name of the pose. This is when I got interested is when I had a teacher in yoga who actually spoke about stories. He taught through stories. He talked about the gods and the goddesses and why they did what they did and the animals and how the animal poses that we do were now, what we're doing, they were taught, In this way because that was what the animals stood for or that's so this is how I got into this form of spirituality there were stories of gods and goddesses who gambled who fought who were angry who were loving who who stood for medicine who stood for this who stood for destruction who stood for creation and all these things made me feel like a little kid again it was like remember hearing a bedtime story or when somebody read you a story or you saw a little film or movie that told the story from beginning to the end and the moral of this story is, there was always a moral to the story, you know, so we we went through the whole story, good, evil, blah, 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 and usually the good ends up to be okay, but we went through hell on the way there and back. Well, just like life, this is how we you know, basically get to spirituality. Some people get there when they hit their rock bottom, you know, whether it be through drugs or alcohol, some people get there from lots of loss and all of a sudden they have faith. And some people just have faith from the get go. I think that's really important to have some sort of faith to believe that everything's going to be okay. And for me, that that's what spirituality does for me. There's a story in the in the hindu mythology about sati sati is the daughter of a rich king and she's in love with shiva and shiva's like you know you know he has dreadlocks lives in the mountains up in the himalayas and you know the father thinks like he's like a pothead hippie and wants nothing for his daughter to do with this guy he doesn't like shiva Anyway, she is in love with Shiva. She marries him. There's a big festival called the Yagna. And he is not invited to the Yagna. She's not invited to the Yagna. Well, she goes anyway to the Yagna. And the Yagna is like a uh, sacrifice of an animal. But anyway, so she goes. She begs Shiva to come. Shiva comes. First, he says he's not coming, blah, blah, blah. So he doesn't come in the beginning. What happens is she goes to the Agna, and her father in front of all the kings and the dignitaries and all these amazing highfalutin people makes fun of Sati for being married to Shiva and being in love with Shiva who he can't stand. Well, Sati gets so upset in front of all of these people and, and it's a sacrifice so there's a fire. She throws herself into the fire and implodes. Okay, now Shiva finds out and he goes berserk and he comes with his friends and his army of people and he pulls out one of his dreadlocks, which splits in two. And and, and, and anyway, he cuts off the father's head. Now, now Sati, even though she's imploding, somehow gets the message from wherever the hell she is dead that he better make this right and make the father's head get put back on. Shiva has to put the father's head back on and he comes back alive. He gets ahead of a ram, and the and the king comes back alive. And then the king, of course, worships Shiva because he brought him back. Anyway, she comes back um as Parvati, who becomes Shiva's, you know, main squeeze, basically <laughs> Shiva's wife in in this next part of the mythology. And Parvati is daughter of the mountain. Moral of the story is. No matter how, now Shiva represents destruction as well as benevolent, compassionate one. So no matter what, every one of us has the dark side and a light side. I don't care if you're the Dalai Lama, if you are, you know, some big meditative, highfalutin um, you know, Dharma Mitra is a yoga teacher, um, Deepak Chopra, I'm sure Deepak some Somebody can piss Deepak off. Now granted, will he hold on to it like maybe we do without the spirituality? Probably not. Because people who have faith or spirituality or something that helps them to diffuse the anger are able to return to right here, right now and understand that this is not the end all be all. That things will work out every I believe that there's karma involved and everybody will get theirs just recently a couple months back last summer I lost a job and I was devastated and I was just I was replaced by a basically a younger model if you will and I thought to myself but I'm a really good teacher it's not because I didn't show up for work it's not because I did anything wrong it's because my particular style or class was not well attended and the one that i did have that was well attended was not brought back so i was let go from this particular place of business and after you know of being really kind of bummed for a couple weeks realized you know what i'm not supposed to be there i'm supposed to be somewhere even better and really be able to share the knowledge that I have that this young girl had has nothing on me I mean I've been teaching for you know almost 20 years and she's been teaching for one does she know the mythology and history and philosophy I know no and does she know how you know what life has offered me in my own um, 59 years and she's in her 20s no so I'm saying we gain we gain faith, we gain knowledge, we gain insight from our life experiences. And what we start to understand is that no matter what happens, there's certain things we have no control over that we can either look at it as it's just going to be okay. Or we could walk around angry, sad, and depressed all the time. What spirituality does for me is help me to not be sad cranky, and depressed all the time. You are listening to uh, Eh, Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. My website is Ata with Alice, A-T-H-A with Alice.com. Ata means right here, right now. Next thing I'd like to speak to you about is the yoga pose that I promised to speak about was Sukhasana. Sukhasana is steady and easy steets. Steady steady and easy seat, steady and comfortable seat. In English, you may want to call it crisscross applesauce. When we were little, we called it Indian style. Apparently, that's not acceptable anymore. But basically, sitting with your legs crisscrossed in front of you. Now, can everybody sit like that? Hell no, there are people with tight hips who could not sit on the floor without a cushion, without a back jack, without having their hips lifted up, or could not sit with their legs crossed. You can sit any way that's comfortable for you. If you have to sit on a chair, if you have to sit on the tops of your feet, if you have to sit with your legs splayed out in front of you, whatever way you can sit to be comfortable is the way you're going to sit in preparation for meditation or any spiritual practice. Any way you can sit comfortably, maybe be able to close your eyes, inhale and exhale through the nose is the way you are going to sit. So although I wanted to talk to you about Sukhasana, It helps to open your hips, but it may not be available to you. And it's basically just sitting on the floor with your legs crossed, one either on top of the other or one in front of the other. Usually it's Sukhasana is one in front of the other. Half lotus would be one on top of the other. So basically crossing your legs, sitting comfortably. If that's not comfortable, you sit any way you can in preparation for your spiritual practice or your meditation or whatever, whatever you're trying to listen to or prepare for that's going to quiet your mind. Why practice Sukhasana, which is your steady and comfortable, easy seat? Well, it's going to help you prepare for your meditation. It's going to help you to open up your hips. It's going to help you to ease into your preparation for that seat, That's going to help you to inhale and exhale through your nose with your eyes closed. And if you try it for seven days with your back straight, sitting any way you can comfortably, whether it's in a chair or on the floor with your legs extended, with the inhalation and exhalation through the nose, with your eyes closed, focusing on something positive that makes you feel good. It could be lying on the beach. It could be laying with your puppy, looking up at the stars whatever it is that makes you feel good, focus on that with your eyes closed, sit like that for 10 minutes a day for seven days and see if it takes the edge off. See if it makes you feel a little bit better. I guarantee you, it will help you to realize that nothing is as big as it is when you practice a little bit of meditation. As well as practicing a little bit of seated meditation, another thing that's going to make you really feel good is giving up one crappy breakfast a week. Maybe giving up two crappy breakfasts a week. Maybe giving up a crappy snack by eating my granola. So with that being said, you want to try to take my granola with you either in the car on your way to work or have it as a snack during the day. Maybe throw it on top of your fruit or have it with your almond milk or oat milk or whatever milk you're having, preferably not cow's milk. Replace my granola with your Grand Slam breakfast. I want you to try it for seven days and see if it makes a difference. Now the recipe for granola. My granola recipe was a mix of a whole bunch of recipes I basically, you know, looked up online. Well, the recipe goes like this. I'm gluten-free and wheat-free, so I use organic oats, not quick-cooked oats, the regular oats, and I use gluten-free, okay? I start with three cups of oats. Then I add a cup of organic raw almonds. You can use any almonds you want, but they should be raw. I use a cup of organic pecans, whole pecans I'd like to use. If you need to use, you know, broken pecans, fine. Just make make sure your nuts aren't rancid. Very important. Otherwise, your whole recipe's shit. Now, so you got those two nuts. Now, if you want, you could add hemp seeds or pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, um, any kind of seeds. You could also add some cashews. You can add another half a cup of nuts or seeds or cashews, whatever you want. That's great. But I usually do two cups of nuts. When I'm feeling generous, I add some more nuts or seeds. Then I add a teaspoon of vanilla. I add about a third cup of coconut oil. Sometimes you could do a quarter cup of coconut oil, but your granola won't come out as crunchy. Oh, and by the way, while you're making your recipe, preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. So we got three cups of oats, two cups of nuts, a third to a half a cup of coconut oil, quarter cup, third cup, half cup. I like a third cup the best because it's for me, it's just the right amount. I add a tablespoon of cinnamon. I like cinnamon, so I add a tablespoon. You may want to add a little bit less if you're not so keen on cinnamon. So you got cinnamon, vanilla extract. You got your oats. You got your nuts. Okay, now you want to make sure everything's not too cold or your coconut oil will start to harden up. So you want to mix it up, maybe warm up your coconut oil to be a liquid and mix it in real quick. And then you would add a half a cup of maple syrup, maybe plus one, two, or three tablespoons, or a half a cup of maple syrup and maybe one tablespoon of brown sugar. If you're really susceptible to sugar or you have a diabetic situation, you may want to use coconut sugar, which is lower glycemic. You may want to play with stevia or other sweeteners. I like maple syrup. Maple syrup is what goes in my granola. I mix it all up. So I got my oats, my 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 vanilla extract, my nuts, my cinnamon, my coconut oil. I put a piece of parchment paper on my big cookie sheet. I lay out my piece of parchment paper and then I spread the granola from one corner to the other across the whole cookie sheet so it's nice and flat and covers the whole cookie sheet. Put it in the oven, in my preheated, preheated oven at 350 degrees. It goes in 18 minutes. I heat it up for 18 minutes. I take it out and then I add either a dried uh, blueberry from Trader Joe's, which I love these. They're kind of like they're chewy and sweetened a little bit. You could add craisins. You could add yellow raisins. You could add raisins. You could add other kinds of. Um, fruit. The reason we add that is because the fruit at the end is because it would burn. I sprinkle it across the whole cookie sheet. I put the tray back in for another five minutes. Very important. You want to watch your granola and your nuts because when nuts burn, they're bitter. Another five minutes, pull the sheet out, let it cool. When it cools, it turns crunchy. You can put, once it's cool, you can then, uh, package it in your giant Mason jars. I put them in quart jar jars. And then once it's cool, you could store it in there and then take it out as you want, as you need it. Um, like I said, you could use it with, you know, I, I eat it with almond milk sometimes. Sometimes I mix it with other cereal uh, sometimes I top it on top of fruit. And sometimes I just eat it in my hand as a snack there's your granola recipe. You have been listening to Enlightened and Annoyed with Alice Saltzman. My website is atawithalice.com. And next week we will be talking about food, yoga, health, and fragrances, smells. Some smells out there are gross, disgusting, and unhealthy. That will be the topic next week, fragrances. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you around next time.